Bonjour, mes amis. In the heart of your busy day, find a moment of peace and pleasure at La Madeleine. Imagine a cozy corner of France just for you. Whether you choose to relax by the warm glow of the fireplace or indulge in the art of French conversation on the patio, La Madeleine offers the perfect escape. And now, for a limited time, enjoy La Madeleine's Douai Magnifique for just $9.99. That's a melted-to-perfect four-cheese grilled cheese sandwich paired with a cup of their famous tomato basil soup. It's the quintessential pairing, just right for the season. At La Madeleine, they cherish the French tradition of fresh cuisine, crafted with ingredients and recipes that have been lovingly passed down through generations. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. A little piece of France you can call your own. Find your local La Madeleine at lamadeleine.com. Escape the ordinary. Savor the Douai Magnifique. Visit lamadeleine.com today. Bon appétit. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to change your life but don't know how to start? Is your stress and worries keeping you awake at night? Have you been battling grief, anxiety, or depression all alone? Have you lost touch with your own sense of being or spirituality? Soul Free Therapies offers professional and affordable live video streaming counseling and coaching services from the comfort of your own home. Sessions offered in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Go to our website at www.soul-free.com and book your first session today. Hey, check out our brand new sponsor, Dynamic Solutions 2. That's the number two. They offer a life-changing dynamic financial solution. The finest in fast, professional, affordable credit repair. Is your credit in bad shape? Do you need a new car? Ready to buy a new house? Do you want to rent an apartment? Are you going to apply for a job? Any one of these activities, they're going to ask for a credit report and then check out your credit score. Let Dynamic Solutions 2 erase your negative credit remarks. They have affordable monthly prices. They accept Visa, MasterCard, PayPal options available. You go to www.dynamicsolutions, that's the number two, dot com, or call 424-888-2820, 424-888-2820. Now, if you enter promo code ED or you mention Ed Opperman, you get a 10% discount. How's that? You get a free consultation, all negative items removed, get back in positive credit position, Dynamic Solutions 2, life-changing Dynamic Financial Solutions. 424-888-2820. Tell them Ed Opperman sent you. You get a 10% discount. Hey, you, podcast listener. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Take the blue pill. You wake up in your bed and go back to listening to mundane podcasts that won't challenge your religious beliefs and your so-called truths about reality, the universe, and consciousness. Take the red pill. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast, hosted by Mark Anthony Peterson, and he will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Event Horizon takes a walk into the paranormal with a splash of conspiracy, 
It's the podcast that would be born if David Icke and the X-Files had a baby. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast by Mark Anthony Peterson on Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Stitcher, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Remember, all we are offering is the truth, nothing more. It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Uh, you can get a hold of me through Opperman Investigations and Digital Forensic Consulting at my website, emailrevealer.com. You can also go there and get an autographed copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to check out oppermanreport.com. That's where we have our exclusive member section with exclusive shows, contents, court documents, all kind of stuff like that. You, know, you sign up, become a member, and you get access to all that content. But our archives of this show are free on Spreaker.com. You can go to Spreaker.com, sign up for free. You get an email notification anytime there's new content goes up or uh, there's a chat room. Uh, and uh, Spreaker.com, all the content on There's a lot of stuff on there you won't find on YouTube and stuff like that because YouTube deletes a lot of our stuff. I met this guy this week, uh, Matthew Sergio. Uh and he's a, a fascinating guy. He's, there's a radio show over there in England. Uh, he runs this website called Occult Beatles at WordPress.com uh, and uh, Conspirio, Conspiro Media on Facebook. I met him through the, uh, the, the uh, uh, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon Facebook page uh, dedicated to the work of Dave McGowan. Uh, you can also find Matthew Sergio at uh, Magical Mystery Talk. He does it with uh, Mark Devlin uh, and some other gentlemen, too, as well. They're, they're working on a little podcast. Uh, Matthew Sergio, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much, man. I'm enjoying this already. I really enjoyed our talk off the air, starting off here. Uh, tell the audience, who is Matthew Sergio? Tell us about yourself. Um, well, it's actually, as I was saying to you earlier, uh, off the air, as it were, uh, my name's Matthew. I'm Greek Cypriot. My parents are Greek Cypriot. They moved over from Cyprus to England in the 50s. Um, my dad moved first. He came in the 50s, and then he went back to Cyprus and uh, met my mum-to-be, um, and they came back to England together. Um, so I'm of Greek Cypriot descent. So my actual second name is Sergio. That's how you would say it, Sergio. But, of course, living in England, um, the, the, the chances, I, I can imagine if anyone's listening now, you know, I, I suppose anyone listening now would not be surprised to know that not many people actually have ever called me that in England, Sergio. It always comes out as Sergio. Um, so I've kind of settled with that. So, yeah, Matthew Sergio, Matt Sergio, that's what it's become. Um, who am I? Well, I'm a massive Beatles fan. Uh, always have been. Uh, I'm a I'm middle aged now, but uh, I've I've been a Beatles fan since very very early age. Maybe about four years old. We're talking mm. about 1973, 74. Uh, my sister is ten years older than me, 
And so while I was growing up, when I was about three or four, she would have been 13, 14, prime age, teenager, teenage girl buying lots of records. And that's how I got into the Beatles, basically. Um, she had her record collection there uh, in, in the living room. And for, for whatever reason, I, at that age, I found myself gravitating towards the record player. I loved records at that young age. And um, she had a great selection of records. She had uh, stuff by uh, David Bowie, uh, Slade, who were a very popular band in uh, Britain. I think they came over to the States and had a bit of success over there, but they were huge in, in Britain in, in, in um, the 70s. String of hits. Um, and there was a couple of Beatles albums sitting there as well. And they're the ones, I mean, I loved, I loved most of the records my sister had there and I picked them up and played them. But there was a couple of Beatles albums there that I really kind of gravitated towards and kind of got spellbound by. And that's where my love of the Beatles came from. And, and those albums were, um, if anyone is a Beatles fan will know what, what I'm talking about, they were the red and the blue albums. So these came out in 1973, about three years after the Beatles split. Uh, the Red Album was a double album of their singles plus a few choice cuts from their albums between the years of 62 to 66. That was the Red Album. And then you had the Blue Album, which was the same principle, but um, from 67 to 1970 and i just kept playing those over and over and over and i don't know why i just got captivated by their music and as i got older i started uh to read about them as well I buy books magazines watch interviews on the tv whenever they you know came to pass um and it was through the beatles i actually got into music as well and um from a very early age what i wanted to be was a radio dj and um, as I got a little bit older, into kind of like my early to mid-teens, I also um, found myself wanting to get into club music as well and getting becoming a club DJ. So eventually, I suppose through my love of the Beatles and my sister's records, um, I became a massive Beatles fan. And through that, became a professional DJ. I left school at 16 got forced to go to college by my parents, didn't really dig that at all, but did it because it just saved on arguments at home. But what I really wanted to do was to become a DJ. And that's basically what happened. I became a professional DJ. And up until about four or five years ago, when I stopped, when I retired, that's what I was. And yeah, and in between that time, I've also uh, kind of got into starting a blog about the Beatles, looking at the Beatles from an occult, uh, conspiratorial angle, if you like. Yeah, I, w I was born in 62 in, in the Bronx, New York, and uh, my brothers were, were way older than me, about uh, 18, 19 years older than me. Uh, so, you know, we had the Beatles in our house, you know, I love you, yeah, 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 help, I want, you know, I want to hold your hand. That early, early, early stuff, I can remember sitting in my brother's room playing the drums on the uh, you know, on a box or something like that, you know, listen to those old records uh, used to be playing 24 hours, seven. Uh, but you discovered uh, an, an occult background, an occult background to the, to the Beatles. What, what have you found? <laughs> what have I found? Where do I start? No, my no, goodness. No. Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? Well, what about um, those early days, the early innocent records, Help and I Love You, that kind of stuff. I want to hold your hand. Did you see a cult connect? Because if you look at that Help album, they're standing there in occult positions. They're, 
they're, they're doing those crowley uh, hand movements and stuff yeah yeah uh i mean you could take it back even further further okay. back 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 i mean it depends how far back you want to go um there's uh the very first article that i ever posted on the occult beatles was called in the beginning and it's in the beginning part one um i haven't yet um composed uh the part two of it but i can kind of give you a hint as to what that will entail it's just that i need to get some more information and to get that information i need to physically get down to liverpool and take some photos and mm. stuff um but uh until then i mean you know the, uh, maybe i'm wrong but the, the impression that i get from looking at other um let's for want of a better phrase alternative websites that look at the beatles and what have you they tend to focus in on the sergeant pepper cover and the picture of crowley's head at the back of all the many famous faces and that kind of appears to be the focal point of a lot of these websites um that would give the false impression and i'm not suggesting that it's being done to to foster this bad impression i'm just suggesting that it gives the impression that that is when the beatles kind of turned and became uh fascinated by you know quote unquote the occult from what i've gathered and from what other researchers too have gathered it for me specific for me in particular i can see uh remnants of uh an interest in the occult going back to their teenage days before they even came up with the name the beatles mm. um there's a club that um they used to uh perform at before they i think it was either before they were the beatles or just about around the time that they began calling themselves the beatles so this would have been around the time in between of them becoming the beatles and when they were originally called the Quarrymen, which was John Lennon's band named after his school uh, and before McCartney joined and George Harrison joined. So it was a ca kind of around that time when George kind of joined and Paul met John and joined and they had this, they were just teenagers, basically. They, they, they weren't professional musicians. They were still at school. They were at college, um, desperate for work in in bars or clubs no one really knew who they were at all uh and they came across this coffee this lady who wanted to open a coffee bar it was called the casbah uh the lady who owned it was uh by the, uh, her name was mona best who just happened to be the mother of pete best who then became uh the drummer of the soon-to-be beatles until he was uh, replaced by ringo um and and this is in Pete Best's words, and there are actually photographs, you can find these. Um, to, to the, the, the Beatles, or what they were called then, whatever it was, they were offered the prime time slot in this club, which for them was amazing because they, was, they, were just, they didn't have regular club work, was happy to get a closet. Part of to get this gig was to actually help Mona, Pete, decorate this club, to get it ready, to open it, to get it ready for the opening night for which they were going to perform on the opening night. And uh, you can find photographs of these. Uh, there's the Aztec room. Uh, John Lennon um, painted kind of like Aztec-type designs on the ceiling. 
then there was the rainbow room which paul painted and all the, there was also a strange uh painting of a like a reptilian snake like uh figure that um kind of uh took over much of a wall in the Casbah Club. It was painted, I think, by Mona, but I think the Beatles might have had uh, uh, um, a part in that as well. So you can you can take it right back to them, which we're talking here, what, 1958, 59, maybe 1960 at a push. Um, but you can certainly find those pictures on the internet. Uh, those Those paintings haven't been taken down. I think they are still there to be seen. Um... Uh, that was that that club is kind of the the pictures and all the the, the graphics and everything have remained pretty much untouched um but yeah the, the, then when you look at the beatles album covers the the early ones i mean the one the, the most striking one from lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That early career, uh, you mentioned Help, which was 1965. But if you go back a little bit further... A little bit earlier, you've got 1963, you've got their second album, which incidentally was released on November the 22nd, 1963, uh, the day of JFK's death, and also the day that Aldous Huxley died. Um, Huxley took LSD on his deathbed. Yes, he did, indeed. Yes, he did. Um, That's the With the Beatles album. Uh, That's their second album. If you look at that cover, you've got, and that's actually the, the cover that I that I use as kind of like the header banner of my website. And what you've got there is you've got um, the Beatles with shadowy faces. So you have like one eye, the the one eye symbolism thing Mm. going on. You've got a picture of their heads, but they're shadowed. So you can only see one side of their faces. Also, so you've got all kinds of things going on there. You've got the one eye symbolism, if you like. You've also got the black and white dualism going on as well. So that's that's kind of like the first hint where you can see in the Beatles recording career in terms of covers where you can actually see where you can see something where you can say, aha, now that looks like a clue there. Uh, but yeah, then, then then you've got the help cover, which is really odd. It is really odd because um, the story goes is that if you've seen the help cover, they've 
you've got the four Beatles standing kind of like on a white background and they're doing these hand signals or these arm signals. Now, according to the official account, what they're doing is flag semaphore uh, symbols. Um, which, okay, but they're not actually spelling out the word help. Um, I can't remember what the word is they're spelling out, but it's got no, <laughs> it's, it's not help, gotcha. okay? It's, it's nowhere near anything to do with the word help. Um, with a little bit of further investigation, um, I, I, there, there, there is a website that's looked into this, but I've, I've dug a little bit deeper. Basically, I haven't got my notes to. I haven't got my notes in front of me. I can tell you exactly what was going on there. But basically, um, they're, 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 they're doing. Um, how can I put it? It's based on the work of Alistair Crowley um, and also Simon D. Uh, not Simon D. What am I talking about? Uh, John D. Uh, John D. Who was uh, an occultist uh, for Queen Elizabeth the uh, First, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and much of those symbols that you see um, that the Beatles apparently are doing are taken from the work of Alistair Crowley, who himself took it from the work of uh, John Dee. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, they're occult symbols. Uh, uh, the elements they're they're signs of the elements of f- fire, um, water, and so on and so on. There's a book where you actually get all the various hand signals, and they're all to do with the elements. Um, Thinking off the top of my head, without my notes in front of me, uh, the help cover, so we've got, I think it's John, isn't it? Shall I just type it up on Google so I can have a look at at it while I'm help cover? Hopefully it'll... Jog your memory there. Let's and, have a look. And, and while he's uh, uh, typing away there, you, you want to check out uh, uh, Matthew Sergio's his uh, podcast, a Magical Mystery Talk with Mark Devlin and another chap. He told me the other fellow's name there. And we're going to be, uh, with their permission, we're going to be playing these uh, on some of my platforms too as well. So keep an eye out for that. A Conspirial Media you can find on Facebook and OccultBeatlesWordPress.com. Uh, Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, and in the meantime, I have found the, the cover. Uh, yes, it doesn't spell help. It spells N-U-J-V. <laughs> so it's nothing nothing to do with help. Um, so, yeah, you've got George with his arms spread out. You've got um, kind of like horizontally. You've got John doing kind of like the same thing, but in a V kind of shape, the letter V. Uh, you've got Paul doing the letter L. Um, which looks like the letter L. And then you've got uh, Ringo with one arm up, raised up, and the other arm down. Now, uh, the George, uh, and this is, this is uh, in, I'm, I'm kind of like joining this up with the, the, uh, the occult ritual uh, Crowley book, the name of which escapes me at the moment, but it is based on those elemental uh, symbols. Um, what George is doing there is the symbol for light, if I'm not mistaken. John's symbol is light as well. And I think Ringo's is earth. I think his is the earth symbol. Now, there isn't a sign for Paul's specifically, but um, I think in, in when you look at the Crowley uh, uh, and and the John D 
um, works, uh, the research, you'll find that, that L, that, that the actual letter L is actually taken down as, as, as part of the, the, the whole um, elemental um, uh, occult message that they're putting across. So whilst it might not look like he's giving you uh, a particular um, uh, a graphic from from the occult book, if that makes sense. He, he actually is. So you've got... Uh, it doesn't make sense at all, does it? <laughs> I'll carry on. So basically what you've got, you've got George giving the l sign for light, John the sign for light, and uh, Ringo the sign for earth. Um, according to, I think it was Robert Freeman who designed the cover for this album, he said it was random. Hmm. He said he got them to do the spelling for help in Flag Semaphore, and it didn't look right. He didn't like it. So he just improvised. And lo and behold, he improvises and comes up with all these Crowleyan, John D-esque uh, type um, <laughs> symbols. So go figure, eh? Well, now, Matt, that, that is possible, right? It's possible that uh, the Beatles were doing this randomly. They had their own interest in the occult. They did these symbols randomly, and a, a, an overseer, someone above them. Uh, it, there's even a clip of uh, um, uh, John saying, well, they haven't told us what we're going to do next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, not, what do you make of that? They had an interest in the occult, but was, was this, this – uh, were they manipulated? Were they controlled? Or was this organic, their own uh, journey? Oh, goodness me, the, the thousand billion dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Um I'm not particularly convinced either way. I really, really don't know. A little of both? Um, uh, pardon? A little of both? I, um, it's my experience see, that no matter what I, I'm doing. I don't let, let buy me... the John Coleman uh, thing. You know, the uh, Dr. John Coleman, um, uh, who, who, was, uh, who claims he was... Um, a uh, former intelligence agent who then came out with these, with this claim that the Beatles songs are written by Theo Adorno. Right. Uh, I don't buy that. I, I, I just don't buy that. Whether that, uh, that, of course, that doesn't mean whether or not they wrote their own songs does not instantly mean that they weren't um, part of the game knowingly or not. But I, I, I don't buy that um, particular argument. I don't buy the John Coleman argument um for, for sure i would say that the beatles were definitely into the occult before they came to london before they left liverpool before they became famous i would not say that the beatles came to to fame and were then co-opted into uh, the occult as it were and were taught Maybe when they came to London and they and, and they left Liverpool and they became famous, yes, they would have met people, um, uh, intellectuals, poets, artists, occultists, living in London as they did and working around London as they did. They would have met people who would have directed them, who would have inspired them, who would have given them pointers, if you like, educated them. So if they so if they'd have come to London with some kind of understanding of the occult, which I think they did, it would have that their that being in London would have um, given their view of it a sophistication, if you like. They would have built on what they understood already. Um, 
whether they were co-opted or not, I, I, I really am not sure at the, at the moment. Whether they were part of it all along, I really, really don't know at the moment. It's something I'm, I'm constantly looking into. I've got a couple of articles coming up in future um, looking into this. I would say if I had to make yeah. a, 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 a conclusion at this point, I would say that they were led. But don't don't hold me to that. You know? Okay. Now, now, what about some theorists who who go to the extreme and say, "Well, the death of uh, uh, Pete Best was was a sacrifice. That it was an occult sacrifice." Uh, what, what Pete Best. Uh, he didn't die. He's still alive. The isn't other he? one, then Sutcliffe. The other one. Sutcliffe. Yeah. Um. Possibly. Possibly. Um. It's interesting. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. It's not something I've looked into, to be mm. honest, too too deeply at the moment. There's so much to look into. It's not something I've looked into. I mean, there are rumours. I mean, it's claimed, um, I think it was Stuart Sutcliffe's sister, who claims that the brain hemorrhage that um, took uh, Stuart Sutcliffe's life when he was just 21 years old, just, just on the cusp of the Beatles getting their fame, which, of course, would, some people might suggest, he was sacrificed so they could get that fame right. at that point in time when he did die. But, um, yeah, the, um, according to uh, Stuart Sutcliffe's sister, to this day she has claimed that uh, the blow to his head that caused the brain hemorrhage was caused by John Lennon in a fight that the two had. Uh, Stuart Sutcliffe got such a savage beating from Lennon that it was from that point that the... The, uh, the the illness, the brain hemorrhage began to, to manifest. Again, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but uh, it's certainly something to to uh, to take into account and, and consider. Matt, we're about to take a commercial break. Uh, before we do, can you tell us what we, we, we'll find in your podcast, The Magical Mystery Talk? Yeah, um, it, we've 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 only done one so far. It's myself, uh, Mark Devlin. And also Desiree, who runs uh, the uh, Number 9 blog. And the idea behind it is we're hoping to do about four, five, maybe six of these a year. And what we're going to be doing is um, taking a look at topical Beatles-related stories that are doing the rounds in the mainstream, collecting some of these stories, and then looking at them from an occult uh, conspiratorial twist. In the first podcast the only one we've done so far which came out in august uh we had a look at the film yesterday which uh, was released uh, a few months ago st- uh directed by danny boyle uh the guy who uh directed the film's train spotting of course and uh, also the beach i think wasn't it with um leonardo dicaprio i think he directed that too i might be wrong but uh we also looked at um the possible connections that the Beatles might have had to Laurel Canyon. And the reason we looked into that is because there's a, a, a documentary that came out recently um, about Laurel Canyon, a very mainstream uh, documentary, so I understand. But then again, I wouldn't know because it's had very limited release, hasn't it, both in, in the US and the UK. In fact, in the UK, I don't think it's actually come out yet at all. So we, we so that's what we're doing basically with, with this podcast. We're looking at mainstream news events that are Beatles related and then looking at them from uh, with a with a twist. So as I say, we've we've done one of those so far, which came out in August, and the next one is planned to be recorded um in December, December twenty nineteen. So um 
we'll probably be taking a look at Abbey Road in that one, the Abbey Road uh, album, uh, because that was re-released recently in, in box set form with various uh, extra cuts like demos and outtakes and, you know, the, the usual thing they do with this kind of repackaging uh, these days. So, yeah, Excellent. that's, that's uh, Magical Mystery Talk. Now, uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about this, because you mentioned the, the Echo Canyon movie, which, by the way, is available. You can get that online for free on Put Locker and those kind of streaming websites. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're aware of that, otherwise I'll send you a link. Uh, I, I happen to catch it in the theaters, and there's a lot of clues. A lot of people seem to think it's a, it's a whitewash, it's a mainstream thing. There's a lot of clues in that thing. <laughs> okay, a lot of damn clues. Wow, and, that, that, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. good, good. And uh, one thing uh, in there that a, a, was a huge clue to me, which it's worth it just to watch this documentary just for this one picture of the abbey road engineers and technicians uh, that were running the abbey road studios in their white lab coats that's how it was yeah like just see that man and just stop right there okay pause you know what the hell's going on there so i'm gonna ask you about that i'm gonna ask you about you know, how much of that stuff you think was tavistock controlled and and what was going on there at abbey road with these white lab coats <laughs> we get back uh, uh, too, and uh, but uh, also too, there's a bunch of clues in that. Uh, uh, it's all the, the the regular characters that we talk about all the times, and the the Dame McGowan uh, uh, page stuff like that. So we're going to be right back with more of Matthew Sergio, uh, Occult Beatles WordPress WordPress dot com, and Conspirio Media on Facebook, and keep an eye out too for his Magical Mystery Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages with more of Matthew Sergio. And now a word from our sponsors. Have you ever thought about opening your own mobile cart or kiosk business? Maybe the facility you manage could establish new revenue by adding coffee, food, or retail services. Cart King International can be the answer to your needs. Cart King is a North American designer and manufacturer of the finest mobile coffee, food, and retail carts and kiosks. Cart King has been working with clients and corporations across North America for 20 years, providing innovative designs, custom manufacturing, and timely delivery. Carts and kiosks are fun, and so are the dozens of designs on our website. Please visit us today at www.cart-king.com or just call us at 1-877-986-7771 and get your sales rolling. My sound man, Shane McKay, has his business called MacSoundServices.com. That's M-A-C-K soundservices.com what he does for me is I send him my shows and he, he does audio enhancements and stuff like that he does miracles if you see some of the stuff I send him and how it comes back so get a hold of Shane at macsoundservices.com m-a-c-k soundservices.com puresoapflakes.com 218-568-2525 have you ever heard of Castile Soap? Pure Soap Flake Company handcrafts fine soap bars, laundry powder, and concentrated soap flakes using organic vegetable oils from their northern Minnesota facility. Bathe your body and wash your clothes with pure soap products that are free of fragrance, GMOs, palm oil, sodium lauryl sulfate, and synthetic additives. Keep it clean, folks. Pure Soap Flake Company products are kind to living creatures and sensitive skin, safe for drains and waterways, and work great in high-efficiency washers and top- and front-loading machines. 
they have a little promotion going on. Contact them to order some soap. Mention the Opperman Report. You're going to get a free gift. They're going to send you a little extra soap, travel size, soap bars and laundry soap, cleaning soap flakes. I've been using that stuff all day long today. Great stuff. Order today at puresoapflakes.com or give them a call. 218-568-2525. 218-568-2525. Pure Soap Flake Company is a proud member of the Handcrafted Soap and Cosmetic Guild. Tina Helmuth is writing an ongoing... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Series of fact fiction books that boldly takes on today's most heinous crimes the abduction, sexual trafficking, and cannibalization of our children. Suffer the little children, the wrath of the father, and unbreakable. Deeply researched and mixed with the supernatural, good versus evil makes these thrillers hard to put down, shining a light on the root cause of these crimes and introducing a spiritual solution. Justice will be served. Available at lulu.com in paperback or ebook. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is Investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, Private Investigator Ed Opperman. We're here today with Matthew Sergio, fascinating guy. Uh, he has a blog called Occult Beatles at WordPress.com. And his Facebook page is Conspiro, Conspirio uh, Media on Facebook. And i uh, got a podcast, Magical Mystery Talk, with Mark Devlin and another fellow from the Number 9 uh, blog. Uh, now, Matthew, when we left off, I was going to ask you about uh, these white lab coats at Abbey Road. What a what a spectacle that 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 was! <laughs> you know what I mean, man. But not just that. Though. You know, we have that, and you have these uh, talk about Tavistock influence in the Beatles, and uh, then you have someone like Yoko Ono, you know, who shows up later on uh, with her a banking history, one of the richest banking families on earth, uh, uh, related to Emperor Hirohito. <laughs> and her, yeah. and her, her uh, uh, obsession with hypnotism and the occult and witchcraft that I've got firsthand from people that knew her. Uh, what can you tell us, that overall theme, what can you tell us about that? Well, she said it herself, hasn't she? Um, there was an article I, I put up uh, about a year or so ago where I was looking into kind of like the Egyptian 
ancient Egyptian links that the Beatles have oh. or are rumoured to have. Um, and uh, I, I feature a quote in there. There's an interview she gave, I think, shortly before uh, John Lennon was shot uh, in 1980, where she, she was talking about some of the money that, uh, that she and John invested, some of the millions that they were getting from, from royalties and so on, from the Beatles years and from, from after that. And they were looking at investing it in various bits and pieces. And one of the things that she says she invests it in um, is Egyptian artifacts, uh, not only for their for the, for the monetary gain or for the investment, as it were, but also for their magical qualities, is is what she said. Um, yeah, she's. I, I don't think she's really made too much of a of a secret um, about that. She's also written a song about the Georgia Guidestones, if I'm not mistaken. Really? When did when when was that? Recently or, or way back? Uh, quite a while ago. Quite a while ago, not not 1970s, but more recently than that. Um, yeah, she's she's written a song about that too. Okay, so so no doubt about her. Okay, and, and I've had May Pang on the show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I've had May Pang on the show talk about her, her use of hypnotism and, uh, and witchcraft in the occult. That's right. Yeah, yeah. D didn't she say that May Pang said that uh, that um, John went during his phase where he split from Yoko and went with May Pang? Um, when they were boyfriend-girlfriend, if you like, where they were building up a relationship, he, uh, she, Yoko effectively brought John back through hypnotism, wasn't it? Yep, he went to visit her one night and, uh, to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the same thing, too, with the, um, they got uh, uh, Paul uh, to sign some documents, the same thing. He went over there, a hypnotism session, and then actually he's signing some documents over, <laughs> signing his rights over. Uh, to some merchandising agreements, fascinating content there. Now, wow! Uh, if I... I'm just, I'm just wondering. Uh, sorry, I was just wondering on on the perspective of May Pang. Does yeah. she look at all of? Does she do, does she look at uh, the Beatles and John Lennon and what have you and see occult uh, connotations, or it, 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 is she coming at it from kind of like a, a regular kind of outlook? She talks about it, but she's nervous about talking about it. You can go back and check out the show we did. I think we did two hours with her. And uh, we got along very well on the air and off the air before and after that show. Um, but she's nervous about talking about the occult connections, especially when it comes to uh, Yoko. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. For sure. That's, that's quite fascinating. Thank uh, you for that. Because I, I was wondering. Yeah. AJ Webman's an old friend of mine, too. He was very good friends with uh, – I've known him since I was 17 years old. Uh, he's with the Yippies in New York City. It was uh, with the Jewish Defense Organization. But he was also a very good friend with John and Yoko, hung out at their house at mm, the Dakota. Mm. And when I asked him about uh, the witchcraft, too, again, uh, he got, and this is a serious guy, and he got nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, this yeah. guy is a guy with a serious uh, background, uh, pedigree in his background. He wrote, uh, he took uh, uh, E. Howard Hunt to court uh, to talk about his involvement with the JFK assassination and was concerned about uh, going up against uh, Yoko Ono. <laughs> so that'll oh, tell you that, man. All well, right. That says something. That <laughs> <laughs> says something, wow. right? Yeah. Guy's not afraid of uh, CIA, but he's afraid of Yoko. Now, wow. what do you make of uh, Tavistock and, and that kind of stuff? You hear those kind of and and, and yeah. these white lab coats at Abbey Road. What the hell? Okay, well, the white lab coat thing. Um, do you know what? I've never thought of it in the way that you've kind of suggested now. Last year or so, because the way that we're given given the, the, that version of, of history is. What it is, and I don't know if this is true for all the record companies at that time and, and the recording studios, but it probably is, actually. 
Um, this is EMI. Abbey Road was uh, was originally called EMI Studios. It didn't become Abbey Road Studios until after the Abbey Road album um, was released and became famous. And that kind of gave the studio this kind of nickname, Abbey Road. So they thought, hey, do you know what? It's called the Abbey Road Studios. Um, when the Beatles first began recording, when they were these fresh-faced young lads in 1961-62, they said that when they entered the studio, it was very hierarchical. So the artists remained, it was like there was upstairs, downstairs, almost, or quite literally, actually. You, you had the artists downstairs, and they would come in and set up their equipment and record and what have you, and then you'd have the upstairs where they would never see anybody. They would, All they would hear were voices coming to them from the upstairs, giving them orders, basically. It was very hierarchical. So, you know, something like, for example, okay, uh, band, we want you to go on to take two and go. It was very much that kind of relationship. And the way that the Beatles described it was everyone, the, the rule at EMI was that Everyone had to work at EM, everyone who worked at EMI Studios, that's producers, engineers, what have you, had to wear suits during the week. The only time they were not allowed, they could get away with not wearing a suit and to be, and to come into work sort of kind of like casually was Saturday, Sunday. Other, other than that, they had to wear um, jackets, ties, trousers, you know, the whole shebang. And yeah, the studio engineers would wear white lab coats. Um, what happened was, what we're told is, as the 60s progressed and uh, the Beatles kind of helped to change uh, the cultural landscape what uh, in various ways, including the way they recorded, i.e. they wouldn't just come in as they had done in the early 60s and do their 9 to 5 recording session, which it was very much like. It was very much like going to the office. They changed that. They turned it upside down, and they would start coming in at 12 midnight, 1 in the morning, go through till 6 in the morning, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, which was how a lot of the later albums were recorded, especially uh, Pepper onwards. They were like early morning sessions. So by that time, they, they'd helped to change the culture. And because they'd become so famous and so successful, there was a, a certain amount of power that they brought with that because they were bringing a lot of money into EMI, effectively, because they were the most successful act in the world. So they were bringing a lot of money. And so what, what they didn't want, what EMI didn't want to do was to upset the Beatles too much. So when the Beatles started coming in a little bit later, messing about with that kind of work rotor kind of time schedule that the studios originally had when they first got to EMI when they were younger. When they started to mess around with that, the lab coats effectively became a thing of the past. Everyone got a little bit more casual. And it could be, I suppose it could be said, I'm just talking off the top of my head here, but you could probably say, that, say the same about the entire 60s music industry. What with, it got more laid back as the 60s, progressed you know if you look at 1960 in terms of culture yeah. and then you you fast forward to even 1965 and you look back you think wow you know it was like uh, especially in britain in, in in 1960 britain was still effectively living in the aftermath of the second world war there were still bomb sites from from the bomb bombing raids in in the second world war london was still rebuilding 
effectively a lot of the, the old bomb sites. There was still rationing in Britain up until the mid-50s, mid to late 50s. There was still rationing on certain foods and, and clothes and what have you. So there was this kind of austere kind of thing about London in 1960. And I, I never lived through that, that time, but I know people who did, especially immigrants, as I said earlier, a lot of Greek people that came over from, from the Mediterranean to England to seek their fame and fortune, you know, in the late 50s, early 60s. And their abiding memory of coming to England in, in that time, and especially in London, was it was a very foggy place, foggy, mist, presumably from from the factories and the smog and what have you. And it was cold and it, and it felt black and white. And then the 60s came along and like a lot of people have said to me who lived through that time, who grew up in it, it was like someone had flicked a switch and it just everything became technicolor. So looking at that and then thinking of the way that EMI was run when the Beatles first went there in 1960, 61 with the, with the suits and the lab coats, and then kind of fast forwarding, you could say that basically what the recording studio was doing was mirroring what was going on in society, I suppose. It was becoming a bit more laid back and a bit more kind of technicolor, if you like. Yeah, if people w would watch that film, the Echo Canyon film, the one that just came out with uh, Bob Dylan's son, uh, and, and watch it with, with a little closer discerning eye, there, there are a lot of clues in that film. Uh, including right. too, they even shows how the stones too, the, the Rolling Stones came out of that same white lab coat environment yes so, so yes. it's definitely a, a, a hierarchy controlling that, yeah. that music coming out and then there's a lot of influence of uh, a lot of interviews with tom petty uh, in this film as well and i happen to have some exclusive uh, information about tom petty's daughter uh being involved in a, a a blood ritual ceremony i've seen a video of her dancing around over a pentagram with blood pouring all over it uh, directed by kenneth anger <laughs> so you know, you know when you're gonna see it there's, there's a lot of occult background going on in, in this film uh, that may, maybe the average person's not noticing. Uh, we right. only have a, a little bit of time. We've got about to 10 minutes left. And I, and we did want to cover some Charles Manson stuff as well. I want to have you come back and really flesh all this out. Uh, I'd love to have you come back several times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> really... I've not been boring. I think I've been rambling a bit and being a little bit crap. But, no, um... no, 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 not at all. This is all great no? stuff. This is all great stuff. So don't think that at all. But I would like to touch on some of the Manson stuff. Just, just forget before me. you do that, can I just because I, I, I was a little bit concerned because I, I don't think I was being clear enough with the help cover, okay. and I've just found the picture, one of the pictures of the Crowley book, which has got the actual symbols that that some of are used on the help cover. So I could just kind of elaborate on that just to give it a bit more clarity. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So going back to the help cover, um, you've got George uh, with his arms straight out. Uh, I said that was the sign for for uh, light, and yes, indeed it is. Um, I'm looking at it here. We've got we've got uh, there's there's uh, ten pictures in the Crowley book, various uh, hand arm signals, all done with the robe. They're all wearing robes, um, robed figures with these these hand and arm signals, and um, yes, yes, it all corresponds. We've got. Uh, We've got George uh, is the, 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 the light sign. Uh, we've got uh, John doing the light sign and Ringo doing Earth. And uh, Paul is doing the sign for L. Okay, so I just wanted to clarify on that. that I, I actually did get that quite correct. So I just thought I'd put that in there. <laughs> no, no, but real, real quick, though. Now, I, I had on the show a guest on the show, uh, Scott Michaels, who's uh, behind the film uh, Six Degrees of Helter Skelter. 
And that film was heavily relied on by uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino about this new film he just did about the Manson family, stuff like that. Now, uh, uh, Scott Michaels talks about how the lyrics, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good children go to heaven, that was written on a door in the, the Manson uh, uh, compound over that Twist Spawn Ranch. Uh, those lyrics were written on that door before the album came out. What can you tell us about connections between Manson and, uh, and the Beatles? Oh my goodness! I've only got ten minutes. Wow! How no, can no, I just, do this? An overview, because I want to have you come back. I want to have you come back. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a, uh, an article that I've. It's, it's the latest article that's on my occult Beatles site, uh, and and the actual uh, inspiration for for that article. I mean, credit where credit is due. It came from the Weird Scenes uh, Facebook group that you mentioned earlier. Mm. And there was a couple of threads over the last two, three, maybe four years, uh, where there where where posters, where contributors to to that uh, forum on Facebook have been contributing, kind of links between the Beatles and uh, Manson and Polanski and Sharon Tate and so on and so forth. Um, kind of like screen caps of various films that kind of look like they're a bit synchronistic and what have you. Uh, and I, I, I saved a couple of those those threads. Um, a few years back and I keep coming back to them you, you see people I saw people keep adding to them every few months the, the the thread would come back alive again because someone would add something different to it and then it inspired me to because it was a because you know what Facebook's like people are just adding stuff on there so it's not chronological there is no specific kind of order that y your brain can kind of uh, uh, kind of put into some kind of like sense if you like so I thought what I'd do was take all those screen caps from various movies and various bits and pieces to do with Polanski and the Beatles and what have you and Manson and make it into an article and give it some kind of uh, order, if you like, uh, to get the different various bits of screen caps and what have you and, 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 and section them and categorize them so they have some kind of, they, they kind of make some kind of sense, if you like. So you could read it as an article and you could kind of get kind of like a, 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 a clean narrative of what was going on um and i'll as, as as you say we don't have much time here so i'll just give you a couple of little pointers i mean the best thing to do of course is to go and see uh, the article itself and you'll see it all there well, it's all it's quite a visual article in a lot of ways because there's a lot of screen caps and stuff but well, yeah, um if we just look at rosemary's at, baby at the occult Sorry? beatles you can find the article at the occult beatles here's some clues for you all manson tate polanski and beatles but go ahead rosemary's baby go ahead Right. Well, Rosemary's Baby. I mean, the, the screen caps that that I saw on the on the Weird Scenes Facebook page that instantly struck me and and, and never left me uh, a few years back, and that you know kind of stayed there, and kind of I suppose inspired me to to go ahead in the end with the with the article was was a screen cap from Rosemary's Baby of um, it's, 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 there's an old couple who are walking along the street. And this is the scene after the the woman that the old couple had adopted. She was, I think, she was a homeless person, uh, who, um, and they'd taken her in. Uh, this this couple, who, as the film progresses, you you suddenly realise, or you eventually realise, are are, are devil worshippers. Uh, perhaps uh, something to do with the Church of Satan, i.e., Anton Levey, because there's a couple of little hints made in the film that Anton Levey's Church of Satan is the actual. Um, reference point uh, when, when they're when they're when they're talking about the devil in the film. So you, you've got with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This old couple that are walking down the street, and this lady who they've adopted as their daughter, if you like, this homeless lady who they've taken in, has, has fallen out of a window. Now, we don't know. The film doesn't tell us whether she's been murdered or whether it was suicide or whether it was accidental. But she, she falls out of this this uh, apartment building where the old couple live and also where Rosemary lives with her husband. She falls out of the building, comes crashing to the ground. Um, the first kind of scene we see of that taking place is when we see the old couple walking along the street in the dark and on the side, on the sidewalk, on the pavement, is a white beetle, a car, oh, the really? white Volkswagen beetle. So you've got one Volkswagen beetle there. They carry on walking. And they see a commotion. There's police, there's panic, there's members of the public crowding around. Obviously, they don't know what's happened yet. The, the old couple don't know what's going on, but obviously something's happened. They can kind of see something's happened. The closer they get, they, they notice that the girl is lying dead on the floor. And next to the lady's corpse is another white Volkswagen Beetle which in itself is, <laughs> what are the chances of seeing two white Volkswagen Beetles parked up on the same road, you know, at the same time, but it's splattered in blood. Mm. What makes this even more chilling, if you like, is the fact that uh, the the building that was used for Rosemary's Baby, the, the apartment, the Branfield building, the, the, the fictional Branfield building, was actually the location shots were actually off the Dakota the Dakota apartment building where John Lennon would move to following uh, the Rosemary's Baby was released in 68, 69. Uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, I think, moved into the Dakota in the early 70s, 71, 72, maybe 73. And that's where John uh, lived for most of his life whilst he was in America in New York. And so it just so happens that we've got a white beetle uh, with blood splattered all over it, parked right outside the spot where John Lennon was to be shot dead just over a decade later. Then you take a look at the Abbey Road cover, and you have um, the zebra crossing, of course, and the Beatles walking across the road. John Lennon is the only one who's dressed in white. And what do we have behind us? But we have the famous uh, white Volkswagen Beetle with with the registration plate, of course, which takes us into uh, Paul is dead PID territory, which because of course because the, the the registration plate reads twenty eight if or twenty eight if or one f, however you want to read it. But yeah, so we have this white Beetle uh, parked up uh, behind the Beetles as they're walking across the zebra crossing. Now, 
I might have got my dates wrong, but Sharon Tate was uh, murdered on August 8th, 1969. It is the same date. It is the same date. You know what? That was the date that the cover for the Abbey Road album was uh, shot. One more thing, too, is you might not be aware of this, but the the Process Church, the Son of Sam cult in New York City, uh, many of those murders connect also, too, to a, uh, a, I think it's a yellow Volkswagen in in that case. Uh, But again, Oh, right. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a a huge connection to the Volkswagen being line, of course, to the Process Church and John Lennon and all that, too, as well, and Process Church and and the Beatles as well and the Son of Sam cult. But... Matthew Sergio, we are out of time. I got to beg you to come back, man. We're going to have to have you come back as soon as possible. Uh, you can check out his work as a, at Occult Beatles at WordPress.com, a Conspirio Media on Facebook, and also to keep an eye out, too, for the Magical Mystery Talk podcast. I'm going to be playing some of that, too, as well on my platforms as well. Matthew Sergio, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, it's, it's been an honor, man. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, bro. Thank you. emailrevealer.com. People ask me all the time, hey, Ed, are you still a private investigator? I sure am. Go to emailrevealer.com. We handle adoption investigations, infidelity investigations, where you give us your spouse's email address. We trace it back to online dating websites, catch them cheating online, email tracing, locate or identify somebody from as little as an anonymous email address. Someone owe you money, back child support. We can find that deadbeat, locate his hidden assets, locate his hidden bank accounts, Find his current place of employment and even assist you in obtaining a judgment and recover that judgment for you. Emailrevealer.com, digital forensics, computer forensics, cell phone forensics, recover deleted text messages, create a report that you can use in court. Emailrevealer.com, 800-572-9762. OppermanReport.com. Hey, do you like what you're hearing? Do you like the work that you see us doing here at Opperman Report? You can support that work by becoming a member at OppermanReport.com. And as you have access to over 200 exclusive shows and interviews that you can't find on YouTube or Spreaker or iHeart or iTunes or KYAH, you can't find them anywhere else online, exclusive to our member sections, to our members. Also, too, there's images, videos, documents, court docs, a lot of content there at OppermanReport.com. And it's the memberships that support 
support the Opperman Report and allow us to play these shows for free on Friday nights and Saturday nights on all the stations you hear us on. You can also make a donation at OppermanReport.com. If you want to support the show and become a member, I can give you a discount. I'll give you 13 months for $65 if you email me directly at OppermanReport at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can hear your ad played here on the Opera and Report, reach hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on a daily basis because the show is repeated every day all over the world. Contact me at operandreport at gmail.com and I'll give you a good deal on advertising rates.